So here we are. But uh, I tell you, I'm going to be asking some tough questions today. It's uh, tough questions for, for us individually and tough questions for us as a church. Uh, Troy, you stay right there. <laughs> but uh, I think it's, it's one of those things that we constantly have to be challenging ourselves as Christians. We've got to push ourselves as Christians so we can be stronger in our, in our faith and, and reach the lost. But uh, before we get uh, going this morning, let's go to our Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come to you again just grateful for the love that you have for us. God, we're grateful that we can come in here together as your people, as a family of believers, and that we can sing songs of praise and worship to you, Lord, that we can uh, commune and remember your son that sacrificed his life on the cross for us. And God, I, I, uh, I thank you for your word that we're going to get into right now, that um, you've given us a roadmap. And um, Lord, I pray that, that we can follow that roadmap better each day. And God, as, uh, as I bring the message this morning, Father, I just pray that you'll speak through me, that it's not my words, Father, but it's, it's the very words that you want me to use. And God, we're, just, uh, we're grateful for this time together as your people. And it's through Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I guess the, the first question I have for us uh, as a church today is, do we have a heart for the lost? Do we have a heart for the lost? And I think as a church overall, Palbuke Christian Church is very good about that. We've got a great missions program. We have people, in fact, DC's out in Africa right now doing that very thing. And so we have a lot of great things that we are doing uh, really throughout the world as a church. Um, but when it gets to us as individuals, it gets a little tougher, doesn't it? It gets a little t- It's easy to kind of like throw your money at the missions team and say, go get her done. Um, grind it out. And I think that's, uh, and that's a good thing. We have to have those things. So that might be your gift. And so I'm not discounting anything that anybody does. But, you know, we we can come in here on a Sunday morning and we can get churchy. We can get, uh, we come in here and we sing and we commune together and we listen to God's word and we're filled. And then we go out and then we put that in our pocket until next Sunday. And that, that, that's true. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Um, and as I'm preaching this morning, I don't want you to think that I have all this figured out because I don't. I promise I don't. So I'm really preaching to myself, and you just have to listen. I tell you, um, there are so many ways that we can reach the lost. And we all have those gifts. We all have different gifts, and we all have different contacts that we can reach uh, because of our, maybe it's through our job, through our family, um, we all have those things, that, uh, those situations that we can use to further the gospel message. This was obviously a very important thing to Jesus. It was the last thing he told his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Uh, Jesus had uh, been crucified, buried, and rose again, and then he, he was around for about 40 days. And during that time, he was kind of appearing to different people, and people were seeing that Jesus had raised from the dead. And then he came together with his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. If you'd like to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. There it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, it's obvious that this is important to Jesus. It's the very last thing he told his disciples. This is what I need you to do while I am gone. Well, guess what? He's still gone. I mean, he's dwelling among us through the Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts. But he has not come back to get the church yet, right? We're still here. So that tells me that we've got some work to do. You know, I, I think that a lot of times as Christians, we, we see the things in the world that's going on. And especially right now in these times, it just seems like it's pure craziness. And you think, Lord, just come back. Who, who would like to just say, Lord, just come back now. We're ready. Let's do it. I think if you're probably under the age of about 22, you're probably like, I'm in that boat. Um, I know when you're young, you're like, no, I want to live my life. I understand that. But, you know, I think there's a reason that, that Jesus has not come back yet. And I think he's given us that reason in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, if you'd like to turn there. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, God desires that all people will come to repentance. That all people can walk in the freedom of having that relationship with him. And, and I know that a lot of times as Christians, we like... It's awesome. We have that. If you are born again, if you've given your life to Christ, you're walking in that freedom. And that's a really great thing to have. But the question is, are we letting others know about what we have? And I think the question is, I mean, I, I think that we do do that. But are we really doing that? Are we intentionally doing that? And I, and I realize that not everybody is comfortable with talking to people about Jesus. I, it's, some people don't like talking to somebody they just met in church. Um, my wife, she's not great about, she doesn't love like the uh, welcome and greeting time. She, it, she's just not good with that. It's just not her personality. I'm good with it. But not, not all of us are comfortable in that way. I think um, we have to understand if if. God has a heart for the lost. We, as his people, must have the same heart. We have to have the same heart as Christ. And it comes to a point, it has to be a burden upon us. It has to be a burden upon us as individuals, and it has to be a burden upon us as, as a church. And like I say, I think our church is pretty good about that. But I think there's more that we can do. I think there's more that we can do. And as a church, what does it look like? What, what does that look like to have a burden for people? I know that, you know, in my, in my life, in my, in my trade, I build homes for a living. I'm around a lot of, a lot of great guys that are kind of rough around the edges, pretty rough neck. I uh, like to say a lot of things that you've never even heard of before. You know, but they're great, they're great people, but they don't know Jesus. And so how, how can we reach those people? What are some ways that we can reach those people that don't know Jesus on an intimate level like we do? You know, um... Since Pastor Trey became the lead pastor here, he, he has talked about wanting to plant a church. He's talked about what are some other ways that we can reach the lost. Um, and even this last Monday at the elders meeting, we, we talked about what, what would it look like for us as Powell Butte Christian Church to plant another church. The Powell Butte Christian Church being the mother and planting a daughter church. 
And I know we're 77 years old here at Powell Butte Christian Church. That's how old the church is. And kind of like Abraham and Sarah, they think we're way too old for that. <laughs> but we're not. We're young. And, and I think that we just have to be open to what God is leading us to, whatever that is. And we don't know what that would look like exactly. I, I know for me, in uh, talking with Pastor Trey about it, we thought, is there a way that we can reach those people that are on the fringe? The people that don't love to come in here on a Sunday morning and sit within a church building, a lot of people are intimidated to come in here. They're not comfortable in a church building. For me, totally comfortable. I grew up in the church. I've been in the, in the seats or in the pews all my life. It doesn't bother me. In fact, I look forward to it every Sunday. So we all just come from different backgrounds. We, ha- we all have grown up different. And there are people out there that we are not going to be able to get in this church building unless we find some new creative ways to do it. You know, just as a hospital was designed for the sick, the church was designed for sinners. But to the outside world, sometimes that looks like, I don't want to go in there. Those people are a bunch of hypocrites, and they think they're better than me. You know, in all reality, most of us don't really think that way. Um, But if you're an outsider looking in, you think, i got to be perfect to even go in that place. The building's going to fall down on me. I mean, I've had people say, oh, it'll fall down if I go in. But we all know that's not true. This is the place for dirty, rotten people. And so us as Christians, as believers in Christ, we have to get to it. We have to get to work. You know, I think of, uh, as we're talking about a church plant, you know, we think about what would it look like to have a gathering at a coffee shop on a Sunday morning for those people that aren't comfortable coming in here? What would that look like? What would it look like if we had a group that got together, say, hey, we're going to meet at Primeville Reservoir on Sunday morning, that's where we're having church. And for some people, that would be the perfect spot. Um, But that's something, as a church, we really need to pray about. We need to pray that, God, where do you want us? Where do you want us to... What, what do you want us to use to reach those people that aren't comfortable coming in here on a Sunday morning? You know, as a church, we, we must have a vision as a church on how to reach the lost. And this church is very good. I, this church is very honed in on, on missions. We've got an awesome missions team that are constantly working. And, um, but like I said earlier, there's always things that we can do. I think, do we realize that as Christians... Throughout the world, only 31% of people in the world are actually professing Christians. 31%. That means that there's 69% of the world that is lost that do not know Jesus. That's a scary thought. That's a big number. So there's 7.75 billion people in the world and only 2.38 billion people are Christians. That is a lot of people that don't know Jesus. What can we do about that? I think, I think for us, we have, to, um, we have to be okay with not being comfortable. Um, I like to be comfortable. It's good to come in here on Sunday morning, and I love, I love worshiping with the worship team and leading, uh, help leading this church in worship. I love it. But what, what, what do we need to do to be a little uncomfortable. What is God calling you to do that might be outside of your comfort zone to reach somebody that might be in your life? Whether it's a family member, which is some of the toughest ones. Family is tough because you don't want, you don't want, to, make, you don't want to ruin those relationships. But God has called us 
to be bold in our faith. There is a big harvest out there. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 39. It says, starting in verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. See, when we, when we begin to understand that the harvest is beyond this building, you know, this is kind of like the gathering place. This is the grain bin that's already been harvested. We've all been harvested, in, and maybe not everybody in here right now, but probably 99% of us in here are believing Christians. So when we walk out of that door today, we have to ask ourselves, out here, what can I do? What part of the harvest can I partake in to help bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? We have to stop hiding our faith. I think as, and I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm telling you, I'm guilty of it. Um, you know, you get around some roughneck people that say lots of colorful things and, and, and have a different moral code than you live by, and you go, sheesh. How am I supposed to talk to that guy? You know? But if you don't ask, you'll never know. If you don't ever invite them to come be part of something that you are part of, they're not going to know about it. Can they see the fruits in your life that tells them, maybe this person has something different than I have? I think we have to understand that we have to begin to fully rely on God. Does everybody remember those bracelets that said frog on them? F-R-O-G? Fully rely on God. That's where we have to get. We have to get to the point where we fully rely on God each and every day. And I, I, like I say, I'm not telling you this because I am perfect at it because I am not. But I know it's what I need to be doing. I know it's what God has called me to do. And I know it's what God has called you to do as professing believers in Jesus Christ. He has called us to that. We saw that. In Matthew chapter 28, when he said, go make disciples of all nations. That wasn't just for those 11 guys that were there. That is for us. We are the disciples of Christ. Amen? You know, are we holding on to our known securities in this life to avoid the risks that God is calling us to? That's a tough one. That's a tough, that's a tough question for me to ask. It's a tough one to ask myself. Am I holding on to the securities of this life to avoid the risk that God is calling me to? Let's read in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. This might be my, one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. Starting in verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out on them, walking on the lake. Then the disciples saw him walking on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. You can just imagine this kind of crazy. 
But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. Everybody get that? Everybody just thinks Jesus is the only one that ever walked on water. Peter walked on the water, Scripture tells us. And came toward Jesus, and then he, saw, then he saw the wind, he was afraid, and began to sink, and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So Peter walked on the water. Jesus was apparently far enough away that they couldn't quite make out who he was. They were thinking, what is this coming at us on the water? So it had to be a considerable distance. And, you know, Peter gets a lot of flack for for sinking. He really does. Oh, that guy, he's lacking faith. He's the only one that got out of the boat. He's the only one that had enough faith, said, you know what? If that is Jesus, I'm going. And he went, and he was walking across the water. And it must have been a good enough distance that they couldn't tell who Jesus was. And Peter got close enough to Jesus that Jesus was able to grab onto him and pull him up. And then what they do? They turned around and walked back to the boat on the water and got into the boat. Has anybody ever heard of the book, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat by John Orberg? It's a great book. Great title. And that's the challenge. If, if you want to do something in your faith that is bold, you have to be willing to step out in faith. We have to be willing to fully rely on God. You know, when, when Jesus calls us out of the boat, we must trust that he is making the way. That is not easy, though, right? To fully rely on God, to trust him fully with some unknown that we don't know about. It's easy to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable. We all like to be comfortable. But faith is not comfortable sometimes. So as a church, it's important for us to keep focused on what God has called us to do. And it's about seeking and saving the lost. We do the seeking. Jesus does the saving. And it is so important that we do that, and we keep so focused on that goal because that is the goal. That is the end goal. That as many people will enter into the kingdom of heaven that, is po- that we can possibly get. We must walk by faith. And I know these are challenging questions, and I know that not everybody is an evangelist. Not everybody is going to be able to speak in front of people. Not everybody is going to be able to even speak to two or three people, but you can probably do something one-on-one with somebody, whether it's a cup of coffee, whether it's a neighbor that needs help with something, whatever it is, we all have those avenues that we can evangelize to people. And maybe it's just the way you treat somebody. And then through those relationships, doors are opened so you can spread the gospel message to, to your neighbor, to your friends, or whoever that might be. Now, how many times, by show of hands, and I'll put mine up first because I'm guilty, How many times do we get those urgings to talk to somebody about Jesus and we chicken out? We do that. We do that. Why? I don't know. I think because we're scared, we don't want to be mocked, we're, we're afraid that people think we're a Jesus freak, which is actually great. I hope they think I'm a Jesus freak. 
you know, God has called us to that very thing. And, you know, we have to put our faith into action. Turn with me to James chapter 2, verse 16 through 20. James chapter 2, verse 16 through 20. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, action is dead. So faith by itself, with no action, is dead. We don't want to have a dead faith. We want to have an action-packed faith. Is this challenging yet for anybody? It is for me. I promise it's challenging for me. But you know, for us, not sharing the gospel message is like having a cure for a disease and not sharing it with other people. It's the same thing. There's a lost world out there. And we have the cure. We have the cure. We have the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you willing to step out of the boat? Are you willing to step out of the boat? And I know that's challenging. It is way challenging for me. If the worship team would like to come up at this time, I'll uh, finish this out here. You know, we do have the cure for the lost. And I, I realize that we all have different gifts. Not everybody has the gift of evangelism, but we all have gifts that God can use. And at, when we come together as a church body and we all are active in our faith and we are all active in the gifts that God has given us, it's amazing what we could get done. It's amazing what we could get done. Are you willing to, to take that step to reach those people that don't know Jesus. Be bold in your faith. I encourage you in that this morning. Be bold in your faith. It's really easy for me to talk to you guys because you all know Jesus for the most part. So it's pretty easy to stand up here and do it because I got a lot of, yes, yep, yep. It'd be a lot harder to go out here and do it. But it needs to be done. It needs to be done. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I realize that is not comfortable for everybody. I realize that. But faith is not about comfort. Never once in the Bible did Jesus say it's going to be comfortable. Not one time. It's not going to be comfortable. But it can sure be fun. There's nothing that brings more joy to a, to a believer and when they, when they start seeing lives changed for Christ. And when you start having an impact on somebody's life that just lights your fire and gets you going. And the more we do that, the more exciting it'll get. And the more that we do it together, the more exciting it will be. So thanks for listening to, my, to me uh, challenging myself and challenging us as a church, as a church family. I, I think that it's so important that we stay focused on the main thing. The main thing, keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that is that people are lost without Jesus. Everybody ready to go to work? 
Woo. You can raise your hand if you're, you know, I, I get that. I, I get that we're a little hesitant, but I'm telling you, right outside these doors is the harvest that we need to be partaking in. So I want to challenge you in that today. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we love you. We're grateful for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for this faith, and we thank you for the challenges that you've put in the Bible that call us into action. God, we're not, we're not good at it. We're not good at uh, fully relying on you. We're not good at um, maybe evangelizing the way we should. But Lord, there's a lost world, and we just pray that you will continue to light the fire in our hearts to seek those people. We're not perfect, and that probably makes it even better. God, that you've called us into an act of faith, and we just pray that as we go out of this place today, Father, that that we are the lights that you've called us to be. And it's through Jesus' name we pray. Amen.